Isn't the Bible great? What a resource we have. And um, isn't it great that these wisdom sayings that we have uh, can be found in the middle? And wisdom, you just think, yeah, wisdom, I want a bit of wisdom. And uh, so do you remember we looked at Job? That was great, wasn't it? All about suffering. Great. Uh, Last week, we looked at Proverbs, didn't we? And basically found it was just a load of common sense. And this week, we're looking at Ecclesiastes, which is basically completely cynical and uh, everything's meaningless. So we're doing well, aren't we? Oh, it's okay. We've got psalms and song of songs to look forward to, and I'll give you some hints about what they're about. But, um, but that's the Bible for you. And, um, and obviously, I jest. It is amazing, actually, that the wisdom that we receive through the Bible is telling us from a place of human place, uh, from a human place, a place of suffering or common sense, a place where there's doubt and cynicism. So that's what we're looking at today. And of course, Ecclesiastes, we all know what that means, don't we? It's not a mouthful at all, is it? No. Ecclesiastes means teacher. Okay, so I'm going to be a little bit cheeky and naughty and call Ecclesiastes, because actually his name in the Hebrew is even harder, That's, it's Koalet, and he called himself Koalet, it's a word meaning teacher, he called himself teacher. So we're going to just call Ecclesiastes Mr. Eccles. <laughs> now did you have a teacher called Mr. Eccles? Because if you did have a teacher called Mr. Eccles, I am sure he was a very wise teacher. But the thing is, Our Mr. Eccles is not just wise, he is a cynic too. So, we're looking at this book. We're looking at Mr. Eccles. And um, and yes, you know, these books, as I've said, uh, are kind of quite kind of worldly in in a way and for that reason they nearly didn't make it into the Bible and um, and you know Ecclesiastes also didn't make it in because Ecclesiastes was deemed sort of too hopeless Job was kind of you know too depressing and uh, Proverbs was just too ordinary and uh, Ecclesiastes was just too hopeless basically so, first, uh, first slide, wisdom from a cynic. We'll have the next slide. Now, what? This is Mr. Eccles. Well, it's not, actually. But, um, but Mr. Eccles, he's the guy who's been there, done that, seen it all, got the T-shirt, yeah? So, through this book, Mr. Eccles tells us everything, everything that he has done, He's had 10 number one hits. He's got celebrity status, stardom. He owns corporations, towns, cities, lands. He's done the hard life too. He's worked in factories and grafted. He's farmed the land. He's embraced the arts. He's read every single book. He has sailed the oceans and he's partied. Why? Why did he do all of that? Maybe because he could. So clearly, like Solomon, who was like our Elon Musk of the day, the richest man in the world at the time, 
Mr. Eccles obviously doesn't have a teacher's salary. He's also one of the richest guys around. So was he doing all these pursuits because he could? No. He was actually doing all these pursuits because he was desperately searching for the meaning in life. He was desperately trying to find the meaning in life. So what did Mr. Eccles discover? After having done it all and seen it all, did he find the meaning to life? Well, from those opening words that Joe brought us, it appears not. Because he concludes, meaningless. Meaningless. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. I guess that's it then. Seems a bit of a pointless task to me. But it wasn't pointless for him. What he is trying to teach his students, what he is trying to teach us, and what he really, really wants to pass on to us is the best advice that he learned. He really wants to save us the bother and trouble of seeking after something which in the end we won't find and will instead leave us disappointed. So is that it? Is that the end of the story? Surely not. No, of course it isn't. Because um, Mr Eccles, although concluding that everything was meaningless and having done everything, he does in fact go on to give us some extremely valuable words of advice. What are they? What are they, Mr. Eccles? You've done it all. You've seen it all. What are your amazing words of advice? Shall I tell you what his amazing words of advice are? They are this. You're going to love it. Eat cake. (laughs) What? Yes. Well, okay. I may have paraphrased just a little bit, but let me explain, because that is the gist After all his incredible experiences and his extraordinary achievements, Mr. Eccles' focus turns to everyday life, to the ordinary and to the mundane. And there he is struck that people can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in their work. He draws our attention to the most basic things that our human lives involve. He turns our attention to food and drink, to love and relationships, to work, rest and play. When the world went through the pandemic, in lockdown there was a shift, wasn't there, in people's outlook many of us began to notice more the things that we would normally take for granted. Birds and nature, silence, quietness, caterpillars, you know. And Mr. Eccles talks about the sunlight in in this book. And he says, light is sweet and it pleases the eyes to see the sun. So here, even the most basic and fundamental thing becomes something that we can learn to take notice of and get great pleasure from. 
So if we're going to do that practically, then it will require something of us. It will require, like in lockdown, for us to remove some of the busyness in our lives. Um, Perhaps some of the pursuits that we're going for. Um, You know, the grand pursuits perhaps need to be replaced by these trivial pursuits in order for us to find the space to find happiness that is available in appreciating the things that we already have, like cake. And we're very good at doing cake at Top Church, to be fair, aren't we? And my final point is this. Do you know the saying carpe diem? Have you ever come across that? Seize the day. And some people have basically summed the book of Ecclesiastes up with that saying, seize the day, carpe diem. But now the word for carpe diem, what it means is seize the day. Take, um, live for the moment, basically. It's encouraging us to live for the moment and make the most of every opportunity. But seize also means like take and grab. And actually, the verb that you find in the book of Ecclesiastes is actually the opposite word. It's not take, it's give. So despite all his cynicism, Mr. Eccles recognises that life is a gift and God is the giver. So the phrase, this is a gift from God, is repeated several times throughout the book. And so a better way of understanding the message of the book is not to seize, but to receive. So not to seize life, but to receive life. And that's actually quite contrary to what society teaches us. Because it can feel like we're in a world where we need to grab and take in order to survive and achieve, where it's every person for themselves. And it's difficult not to be driven by fear, especially if we don't have enough, or if we want to ensure that we're not overlooked by others. So Mr. Eccles tells us that life is a gift from God. And you know, that is so very, very profound, actually, and can give us such hope because in the most negative, if the most negative and cynical person, Mr. Eccles, if the most negative and cynical person, having sought the entire world over, everywhere, done everything, sought everywhere for meaning, if he can conclude that life is a gift from God, then there really is hope for our world, a world that largely rejects God. It can give us hope for Dudley, and we can be confident that there is meaning to be found, after all, by everything that lives and moves and breathes upon the earth. That's good. Nearly there. Okay. So to conclude then, is Ecclesiastes a cynical book? 
whose negative outlook drains and depresses us? Not at all. Because although this book begins with an utterly hopeless and quite frankly depressing message, by the end it has teached us to learn to love the world, to embrace life and to receive it as the gift that it is from God. So in a moment we come to the table to eat and drink and to share communion together. And as Sarah leads us in this, we remember and we celebrate the ultimate, the gift of God himself coming to us in Christ to give his life and share his life with us. And we just need to receive. So let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the richness of the word that you have given us. We thank you that the Bible is not words on a page. The Bible is alive. The words written there are written by people who have experienced life, who know what it is to live. And I thank you that we can hear your voice still today, as relevant today as ever before. And so I pray that we would receive what you have to say to us today and that we would receive the gift that you give us today. In Jesus' name, amen.